Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't be prepared to leave the theater and feel good. Oh my gosh, no. It is such a complex topic and like I did mm-hmm. not. Like when I left, I felt like almost depressed in a way. Like icky. <laughs> Hey, Science Pals, welcome to the podcast. I'm Grace. And I'm Josh. And together we host the Random Theory Podcast. And today's podcast definitely got a little random. It did. We, listen, This we're recording this intro after the fact. We just finished (laughs) this episode. and This um, podcast took a wild turn. What started out as a a catch-up, hey, I saw a movie over the weekend, turned into the entire topic of the episode. We definitely had a nerd moment and it was fantastic. It was a very uh, raw, natural, just nerding out conversation. And we decided that we, you know, that felt very true to us and we wanted to roll with it. (laughs) And there's no spoilers. There's There's no spoilers. Yes. I will say if you have not seen the movie yet, I don't think I spoiled anything about it that wasn't already known no, you did a good job because I haven't seen it yet. So I wasn't like, oh my gosh, that happened, which like it's all about Oppenheimer's life. So if you know about yeah. Oppenheimer, you should like be expecting yeah. some stuff to happen. But right. uh, yeah. Right. And we hope you have fun with us. Like yeah. I hope you enjoyed the yeah. conversation of Josh and I just being Josh and I. Just kind of nerd out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just really going for it. And um yeah, I, I, and I, that's what, like I said, that's what's I think so cool about this one. It, it was very just like a natural conversation that we decided <laughs> to roll with. So we hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Hope you do. And uh, we'll see you next week for a, a normal episode. <laughs> but don't leave because this one is absolutely awesome. Absolutely. Don't you dare. How you been? We just recorded a podcast where we talked about uh, Danny Pudi and community for like 30 minutes at the beginning of it. Yeah. So. Hopefully Leonard, our editor, chopped it down a little bit. Um, <laughs> but if he didn't, enjoy because you yeah. got to see Josh and I just like really geek out about something that we, we are did. passionate about and love. Yeah, we caught up with me last time. It's raining yeah. outside. By the time this podcast drops, I will have come back from Richmond um, mm. from a race weekend, which will yeah. have been a ton of fun, I'm sure. I'm yeah. super excited. I have more interviews this weekend with some cup drivers that are really big cup drivers. And it's about to pour rain outside here in New York. The sky is like super gray and dark. Uh, so if you yeah. hear thunder, just know it's not around you. It's in the video. I'm so jealous. I, I want it so badly. It rained <laughs> a little bit last night. I was telling Grace before we started recording, it rained for like a solid 15 minutes. It just poured out of nowhere, um, which is kind of how it does in Utah, like a Utah summer rain. It'll just like sweep up out of nowhere late in yep. the day um, and it'll rain really hard for a few minutes and then it'll stop and be hot again. Yeah, you know, I think what's really interesting about Utah's weather in Utah, like Josh isn't joking. It comes (laughs) out of nowhere. Like you might see like occasionally you'll see like a storm system build. But like 
it is truly out of nowhere just sky just opens up you might not even be under the rain shower and you're getting rained on still because like the upper winds are like blowing it and then yeah it rains hard for like 15 minutes and then you literally it's so hot in utah it just all evaporates instantly so it just like the rain stops back outside and it's like dry (laughs) yeah it dries up it's like it never happened you're good to go like no big deal Sometimes the snow is like that too there, which is weird. That's true. It does snow like in the in the springtime. It does snow like that as well, where it'll just, you know, it'll be like sunny and snowing at the same mm-hmm. time and then melt immediately. But um, I was going to say, I saw the movie Oppenheimer opening night. I went and saw it. So I saw a Broadway show on opening night. You saw Oppenheimer on opening night. Yeah. Well, hey, there We're you go. We're thriving. You know? We're thriving. We we're thriving. <laughs> I had to buy those tickets. We bought my, me and my friends bought those tickets the second they went on sale. Oh, um, yeah. Had to. Yeah, had to. And uh, let me tell you, I'll keep it short. I'll keep it simple. First off, I, re- I really liked the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I don't think it is the greatest movie ever made or, or even the best Christopher Nolan movie. I also don't think it's a movie for everyone. Um, I mean, certainly not any any younger listeners out there. Uh, it is rated R, so I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think you should go see it. <laughs> yeah, it's not a movie for everyone. Even like you know, some of my friends they went in thinking it was going to be more of this like I don't even know like secret mission you know, impossible. Yeah, like, like just you know like more more like that where it's like high stakes secret, and it's it's not like it's it's a biopic. Like it is sure, through yeah. and through. It is a biopic about robert oppenheimer you know what's so interesting is i feel like people were led astray by the uh trailer for it yeah i think so too which is really sad honestly there was i i I read this like one star review for it that was like somebody in the review they were super annoyed with it and and that it was such a boring movie and whatever and they said and this is like direct quote from the review they said the title of it should have been Documentary of Oppenheimer. And I was like... Well, isn't that exactly how it was like pitched? Well, and also the movie's called Oppenheimer. You just... Yeah. There's, you're missing documentary there, I guess. It's um, not called Atomic Bomb. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's not even called like Manhattan Project. Because I saw some yeah. people that were like, oh, it would have been nice if they would have went more in depth of that and the other players in the Manhattan Project. No, and it's, like, it's literally called Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie about a guy who had happened to do this thing that changed the world forever. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the whole point of the, the, the movie is being missed. Yeah, I And think so. incorrectly, like, represented. Which sucks. I, I think people are going in with a different thought and then not. And then obviously that is unfortunately tainting the viewing experience. Um, you said you enjoyed it, though. I really enjoyed it. First and foremost, fascinated by the topic, you know, yeah. the like fusion and phys- physics and everything like the fascinating. Um, and I'm also a big history buff. So like I just was in from the beginning and then. You know, I really liked the way they told the story. Like there was com- some mm-hmm. complaints about it being confusing and just a lot of talking and whatever. But I was just sure. like along for the ride and just opened my brain and just let it all in. You know, like I, yeah. I really liked it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, for I- 
kids that are interested, you're probably interested as well, Josh, not just mm. kids. Michael and I, I'm so annoyed. So we were watching TV one night. We, we have YouTube TV. We were, we were just flipping through channels and uh, it was on MSNBC, but it was like a documentary about Oppenheimer. Okay, and yeah. I cannot find it. But if you're looking for something that basically talks about like in depth, like I really want to watch because we only watched like 30 minutes of it because it was on like really late at night. Yeah. But I want to find it and like watch it before I go see Oppenheimer because it like dives yeah. deep into like who he was, what he did, how he got there. I think it would help. Like if yeah someone going in with like literally no idea of who oppenheimer is was or anything about his life it, the movie does move very quickly through a lot of things and so it, it yeah. could be hard to follow but if you have like at least a little bit of knowledge of like oh he did this and this person and this person like that might help <laughs> You know, it's it's super interesting because this the show the little bit of the show that we watched because it was only mm-hmm. like eleven o'clock at night. It it not only talked about him as a person, but his science and like how he struggled as an individual and also about the involvement of the Communist Party throughout like the this whole thing and Oppenheimer well, in his life and everything. I will say, I mean okay, like that right there, because I will tell you this and it's not a spoiler. Uh, yeah, that's a huge part of the movie. Huge um, part, and a lot of people were complaining, like, "What the? Why is there all this commie stuff in it?" And it was Be- like, "No, it's, <laughs> that was his it's, life." I just think it was so fascinating because they said he's surrounded, like, all of his friends were a part of the Communist Party, and so I think it's really fascinating because you know we were up against the clock with like, and and this frustrates me. I'm going to go on a tangent really quick. Because uh, the same thing happened with the Broadway show that I saw on opening night. The reviews that they got were not super fantastic. And they were kind of like really upset about it. Yeah. People were saying like, you know, this is like cheap comedy. When I thought it was hilarious. Like I thought it was really, really funny and really good and just a great show. I don't think you should be able to review something unless you have done the proper research behind it. Like you can't go into Oppenheimer just watching it. Like you have to like that's like giving no historical context. Like you have to remember right. this is a movie. It is yeah. a docu drama, if yeah. you will. It is not like factual to his historical life events. Like a lot of it is dramatized. If you're going to watch something before you judge it, make sure you have all the information. End of story science spells. <laughs> like before you can make an educated assumption and an educated guess and an educated like thought on something, you have to be properly armed with knowledge to speak right. to it. Like anyone going in there that's like, oh, this movie was misleading and mislabeled. It's like, no, like you said, it's called yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah, I think I think the marketing for it might have been a little confusing. People might have just not known what it was going to be. Um I didn't have any of those like preconceived notions about it. I was like, no, I th- this is going to be a, a documentary, basically a dramatized documentary about Oppenheimer. Like, here we go. But I think also like you're in the film world and like sure. the videography sure. world where yeah. you and I can kind of like push away the noise and be like, this is what this is about. Let me actually like think about this for a second. Yeah, exactly. Rather than just like a casual viewer that's like watching it. So I can understand like a casual viewer being like, I don't get it. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's it's kind of like when you go see any kind of 
docu-series or anything like you should be you should do a little bit of research about what you're you're watching before you watch it oh in my humble opinion can i just real quick drop another docu-series yes i love it it's it's a fiction not a fiction but like a dramatization it's not like an actual documentary uh but it is the best one i've seen uh chernobyl on hbo should we once a month review a science show dude maybe that might not be bad. Really just like dig into a science one, like a science show or movie. I think we need to once a month. Talk like we about just, it. We both watch it and we can yeah. tell the science pals like, hey, we're watching this movie. You yeah. guys watch it. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a discussion on it. And like I think talk we about do. the actual science and stuff yeah. behind it. That could be it. Science pals out there. Let us know. What do you let think us of know. that? But yeah. Anyone out there? Chernobyl on HBO. Younger listeners. It's not appropriate. But um, I, it, it just has some adult themes in it. And that, and that was a thing. Here's another rant. I'm going to go on a mini rant. There were, there were people complaining about the adult content in Oppenheimer because there's, there's language. But then the real, the real thing is there's some nudity and like sexually explicit content. And yeah. there were people complaining about that. Like, oh, what does that have to, why, you know, they didn't need to show whatever. Because there is, there's, there's one specific scene that I guess you could look at it and it would be a little like gratuitous. Like it's just, you know, whatever. Sure, it's out yeah. of place. Again, like me looking at it, I was like, well, no, it's no, it wasn't because, you know, it is widely known like Oppenheimer was a womanizer kind of guy. Yes. And the character, the character, the female that he is with in the movie, like that was their relationship. It was a complicated and, and that was kind of their whole thing. And so he would me, like sneak like, out to go see her. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, unfortunate, like, uh, affair with, you know, after he was married. Like, it was a whole thing. Like, Mm -hmm. very complicated situation. And I'm like, you kind of need to portray it like that. Like, that's how that's, you know, it's like warts and all kind of thing. Well, he was like a very charm. Like, that's the whole reason they picked him for this project was because he was a charming and charismatic individual that could pull people together. And like, unfortunately, yeah, he was a womanizer and like had several partners and women were a big part of his life. So the other thing, too, that this movie did so well, I thought, was not only did it tell the story of this guy and his Uh life. It did a good job of like visually getting you inside his head. Like what is, you know, what is he thinking or how is this moment making him feel? And it showed that visually. And so even more so than for me, it's like, well, then you have to have those scenes like that. Because if you are trying to portray what this guy is thinking, then you got to show stuff like that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You do have to show that because it makes him human rather than a robot. Like that takes sure. away the wall of like him being a robot. He sure. is now this person with emotion. That's yeah. so interesting. I can't wait to see this movie. And it makes him, you know, it makes him a flawed human, which he was, yeah. which everyone is, but he was. Mm-hmm. And it shows that like you can't you can't tell this story about this person and not show that, oh, he had demons inside him that were yeah. causing problems all through the development of the atomic bomb and especially mm-hmm. afterwards. Oh, um, yeah. I will say if you're of age to see an R-rated movie, go see it. 
I'm uh, going to be a little spoiled brat. We have one mm. of the 70 milli- millimeter IMAX screens uh, yeah, here I'm in jealous. the city. Uh, it is, we have to wait like five weeks to go see it but i was oh, like sure. if i'm gonna see it i want to see this movie in all its glory yeah like i would love, love all the movies i saw it in imax but it was just the digital imax because that's all we have here there's only 30 movie theaters yeah oh it's super limited it's crazy super limited that was another complaint of people talking about like, oh, you don't need to see it in IMAX. It's a drama. It's just mostly people talking. No, it's yeah, totally worth it to see. Yeah, you, it's totally worth <laughs> it to see it. Like there's still so much visual information and then yeah. the sound, like the sound design is on another level in like, IMAX. There's a reason Christopher Nolan chose to shoot it in IMAX oh, yeah. and not just some normal oh, camera. Yeah. And there is a moment in it where the bomb goes off and uh, it's great. So like, you know, like that's... Not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. No. So, you know, um, but, <laughs> but yeah. shocking. The Manhattan Project works I, and we shocking. dropped an did, atomic did anyone, bomb. <laughs> did anyone know the Trinity test actually worked? Did oh, it, I didn't gosh. know if anyone. I just think the whole thing scientifically is so insane. Oh, yeah. there, There's stuff that they talked about in it. This is not a spoiler, but they, they like they didn't know that, it, you know, it could have just destroyed the world. When they, they were so concerned about the oxygen in yeah. the air. The reaction like, of the yeah. molecules in the air, they did not know if it was going to start a chain reaction that would just light all the oxygen in the air on fire and destroy the world. That gives me chills to think about, like being the person that has to push the button to test it. I mean, because like, they, they said that it, was, it had a near zero percent chance. Yeah. And the the general who's played by Matt Damon's like near excuse me near zero I would like that to be zero and Oppenheimer's like well theory can only get you so far we have to test it basically you know <laughs> so it, it, yeah it's insane that any of it even happened and don't be prepared to leave the theater and feel good oh my gosh no. It is such a complex topic and like I did mm-hmm. not like when I left I felt like almost depressed in a way like icky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like icky. There's so many scenes in it where they're celebrating cuz this thing happened and then it's like, "Ooh, wait, but is that actually?" And it's like framed like it in the movie where it's like, mm, yeah. "I don't know if we should be happy about this." I can't think of a better person though to like direct this movie than yeah. Christopher Nolan. Uh, yeah. And to convey that emotion of like, oh my God, yeah. we're so happy at work. But then it's like, ooh, ooh, maybe this not. This is a not a good thing that worked. It's a, it's a very, yeah, it's just such a complex like array of emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the MSNBC one that I watched, the brief like thing of it, I want to find it. I'm sure it's on Peacock. If you have Peacock, try yeah. to find it. They mm. talked about the pettiness of the scientists and how a lot of them didn't believe Oppenheimer de- deserved this opportunity. And yeah. there's a lot of like drama with the like scientists and in the science community. And they think it's actually like some of the scientists were the ones that started the rumors that he was like involved with the communist party, that he right. was the one leaking the secrets and like all this stuff, which is crazy. Right. It gets into that in the movie. Oh, does it? Oh my god. Yeah, I mean that I, I guess that's the whole thing about this movie is like it's actually like there's science, there's they talk about the theory, they build the bomb, yeah, they do the thing, but also like the entire movie is a courtroom drama. Ooh. After the test, after they built the bomb, there was a trial where they were trying he was trying to get his security clearance renewed, his like US 
military security clearance. And there was a trial to determine if that would actually happen. And oh. they basically like drudged up his whole life. And and that's a whole like part of the movie. That's how the whole movie is basically told is like during this trial, like flashbacks and stuff. So yeah, I mean, that's like they talk all about like uh, the communist party stuff and his affiliations and the different scientists and like they talk about there being a potential um insider that leaks information from los almos you know where they were building the bomb and i have a question do you think it was him no and i i think they they do get into that in the movie because I got into a debate with like a friend in the park. We were talking about it. Neither of us have seen the movie or like done enough research on like who did it. But he was like, I think Oppenheimer did. And I was like, I don't think he would because he hurt so much from like what he already did creating the atomic, yeah. like the first one yeah. that I was like, I don't think he would want anyone else to have this information. Yeah. It, the, all that drama in this life and the, it really highlights just how complex of a person he was and especially all the stuff like after, you know, after the bomb and all his like re- basically regrets of what yeah. he did. Um, and like, I will say this, I'm not going to spoil it because it's fantastic. <laughs> but and this is it's this is every Nolan movie ever. He does this in every single movie. Every single movie he makes, he has just the perfect like button on the story, you know, like final last line. Yeah. Ending. And this one totally like nails it, knocks it out of like when you were talking about getting chills earlier, because I said something about like destroying the what like the final line spoken by Oppenheimer, absolute chills and absolute like I feel sad. (laughs) Um. But yeah, really nailed the ending on on this one. Oh, makes me yeah. want to look up the last line. No, don't do it. Don't do it. You gotta <laughs> you gotta see the movie to really fully okay, like okay. get it. I will say, watching this movie because this has been fa- like this topic, the the nuclear bombs, um, all the testing that was done, how they made them, the Manhattan Project, all that has always been really fascinating to me, especially because. My uncle, and this is like something I've been wanting to like sit down and talk with him and like record his story, but he worked, he didn't work, he's not old enough, he didn't work on like the Los Alamos project or anything, but he worked when they were testing the nuclear bombs in Nevada. He was part of the team that would go and set up all the cameras and recorders for the detonations and record the... uh, the detonate like the tests oh my gosh Um, will you do a podcast with him i dude i like i his story to me sounds fat like it sounds insane like just the the few tidbits i've heard like it sounds oh my gosh would you sit down and do a podcast with him because that sounds so amazing he's in his like late 80s i don't know if he would want to but (laughs) um i would well if you could just just set the microphone in front of him where he can just like talk that would be awesome Dude, it could be really interesting. I the other thing is like I don't even know. I mean, I've heard a lot about it. I don't know how much he can even talk about it. If it's still like weird, if there's something, you know, if like it's like weird, but Sure. But to me, like that was when I saw that they were making this Oppenheimer movie, I was so excited because I I've, I've been hearing this about my uncle and I'm like, that would make an interesting movie. Like this this thing about this person that yeah. has to go to these top secret tests and set up cameras and stuff. Like 
especially me being like a videographer. I was like, that sounds insane. Literally insane. So you said you had found, obviously we've talked about this movie. You said you'd found just some actual facts. Yeah, just kind of like about the fission bomb in general, uh, what they used, what was in it, like how did they come up with it? You know, this is like current day. Back then it was like a $2.2 billion project. This was like Mm -hmm. a $34 billion project in today's money. For those of you that don't know, to make this happen, they obviously sourced out uh, scientists to come and work on the project. The Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project. But to get to incentivize them to do this, they built an entire town for them to move their families to and to live at full time. Los Alamos. Los Alamos, New Mexico, mm-hmm. which and it still exists. It's it's now an actual town. You can just go there. Back in this day, you absolutely could not go there. They, they built a town and moved the scientists there full time and they could not leave. And like the children went to school there and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We I was talking to my dad about this. Like, I can't remember what they're called, but there is a whole generation. I mean, it's small, but a number. There is a number of people that were born in Los Alamos. Yes. That like didn't exist because they because no one could know, you know, no one. It was a top secret government project insane and kids were born there but those kids technically didn't exist because los almos didn't exist and so there was these people that i think like there was a period where they they didn't have like birth certificates or anything so after That's the project so was over they had to figure out well like how does this work who am how I a old person? are these children yeah like what you know do they have an identity or anything like a social security number um, yeah. Uh so in the documentary, the small bit that Michael and I watched, they uh talked about the kids in school. And so they would do bomb testings like three times a day. Yeah. So like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then one uh in the in like the evening ish at like three PM, I think. Mm. And so basically one of like the kids knew in school, like when the one bomb test went off. It was like time for lunch. And then when the other one went off at the end of the day, like they went home. Oh, my gosh. These children's lives literally revolved around bomb making and testing, bomb making, testing and like hearing this. Yeah. Like day in, day out. Yeah. That's insane to me. Yeah, I mean, I just like the fact that like that's what blows my mind. And, And there's a line in it like they mention it in the movie when they're they approach Oppenheimer to do it and he's like, they say like, can you get, you know, we want you to get some scientists together. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay, then you got to build me a town. And I, th- to me, that just, the, the fact that they went into the middle of the desert where there was nothing and built an entire town to then develop and build an atomic bomb. Insane. Uh, so I was reading and it said the, the explosion came obviously as an intense light flash and a sudden wave of heat and a later a tremendous roar from the shock wave that passed and yeah. echoed through the valley. And then um, the mushroom cloud expanded 40,000 feet into the air. Wow. And the bomb generated an explosive power equivalent of 15,000 to 20,000 of tons of TNT. Crazy. This is what's crazy to me. So when you are on sand, what happens when sand heats up? It turns to glass. Yeah, yeah. The surrounding desert surface fused to glass for a radius of 800 yards. 
Holy crap. They did this on sand. Of course, like well, the sure, sand, like yeah. it was such an intense, like and it was pop even, of heat. It wasn't even on the ground either. Like they built a no. tower that had the bomb in it. Um hundred feet. Uh, yeah, hundred feet up and and then still the ground for eight hundred yards melted into glass. That's wild to me. Also, you mentioned the uh the bright flash of light and the sound shockwave. Uh-huh. Other than the ending scene of the movie, that is the best part of the movie. Like you you're not ready for for that moment when they light off. Even though you know it's coming. Even though yeah, oh yeah, you know it's coming. There's all the build up, them getting ready, everything, which is all great. The way they the way he presented it, it's true to life. You are not ready for when that shockwave <laughs> hits. I mean, it is. It I can't hits. wait. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why you see it in an IMAX because it it's insane. Yeah. I just like can't imagine the uh, the stress. Yeah. Oh, of running this project, like obviously, like they show that in the movie. Um, yeah. but like. I know how I dealt with like a year of stress, like t- basically two years of stress on my shoulders for like yeah. running T-Core yeah. and like how I didn't sleep and how I didn't like do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. This man was building an atomic bomb that they didn't like, they didn't know what it was going to do. The uh, Like yeah. I can't imagine how you would function as a human. You, there's no way you would be able to sleep. There's no way you'd yeah. be able to eat. There's no way that you'd be able to like do anything with this yeah. kind of stress sitting on your shoulders yeah. every day, day in and day out. You don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to blow up? Is it not going to blow up? It's insane to think about the like psychological effect that this probably had on him. And not only that, but you also have the government that's like breathing down your neck saying, oh yeah, this, we need this. Like it's yeah. got to be done. I mean, obviously, they're breathing down his neck because there's still a war going on. Yeah, uh, people are dying took, every single day. Yeah, I mean, all this took place during World War II. It's honestly, like, heartbreaking to think about, you know, you're talking about, like, the psychological effect that this must have had on him running this thing. Yeah. But then they did it, and you would think, like, in any other situation, you know, if you're working, like, a normal job, and you spend mm-hmm. two hard years on a project then at the end and you you succeed you've done the thing you're supposed to do yeah and it worked it that would be like a celebratory amazing moment right in his case he built a doomsday you know massive weapon a weapon of mass destruction that Mm. then you know he regretted building (laughs) um it's crazy and 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 rightfully so. I mean, like something like it, there's, you know, there's constant references to like the thing about like letting the genie out of the bottle or you know whatever. You can't get yeah. the lid back on because they did it, and now the world's forever changed. Like we still live in the atomic age. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Literally all this stuff with you know Russia and that. Mm-hmm. Like we're that is still a thing that is happening. Like it because the Manhattan Project happened. You know we're still feeling that. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I'm not like naive and saying like, well, if he'd never done this, we would be safe. There would never be. No. Like, someone I think would have beat him someone, to uh, it. Yeah. Someone else would have done it. And then who yeah. knows what would have happened. I mean, the Nazis were working on one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They And they the talk Nazis about that. The Nazis were working in, on one. Yeah. Britain was working on one, I'm pretty sure. 
like people were actively doing this. Yeah, the Soviets. I mean, they talked. They t- it talks about it all in the movie. Like it's crazy. It's still yeah. I mean that it is still something that we are living with the consequences and outcome today, and will always be. Like it's never gonna go away. Really. Mm-hmm. It's just cra- it's it's crazy that like some you know I say little thing some little thing obviously it's a monumental yeah. scientific breakthrough and discovery but this little thing just changed the world immediately it did and I think what's really crazy is that I did not realize that they were two different atomic bombs in what way so there was like little boy and then there was fat man oh yeah they dropped two atomic bombs I think it was. To a week in between each other or something? Yeah, so Hiroshima yeah. was the first one and it no. had Little Man. That was on August 6th. Yeah. And then at Nagasaki, they dropped that one on August 9th and they called that one Fat Man. But they were two different bomb types. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't yeah, think they so really talked about that. One was a gun assembly, which was Little Boy. And it had a TNT equivalent of 15,000 tons. And then the one in Nagasaki, which was Fat Man, was a implosion bomb type. Oh, that's interesting. That is the one that they show that uh, has like the um, the triangle. Right. That's what that one is, is an implosion one. Okay. And that one has a TNT equivalent of 21,000 tons. And this is all estimated. So. Oh, that's so okay, there is a big scene where they talk about like the detonation process and what's the most, what's the best detonation process, and they talk all about that, like the different yeah ways to detonate it. So that's really interesting. That so with the went. gun assembly fission bomb, uh, a massive uranium two thirty five is fired down a quote unquote gun barrel towards another mass of U two thirty five to start the reaction. Yeah. So it's like held in one end and then like fires into another. Right. And that causes a reaction. Yes. And this was one that was a little bit weaker. This was the 15,000 TNT. Okay. And then with the implosion fission bomb, uh, it's a sphere of plutonium-239 that's surrounded by high explosives that compress the plutonium. Can we talk about that? So Bill Nye was in this M- MSNBC thing um, okay. talking about this. And like, I didn't think about it until he talked about it. They had to do the physics and find the materials that were all going to squeeze this thing at the exact same pressure point and yeah. contact. So it didn't bulge one way or another. And it all had to react at the exact same time. Yep. Do you know how insane that is for that to happen? Yeah, you know, it does a good job in the in the movie of like the passage of time and like building this up because it was all like fairly hypothetical. I mean, they obviously, you know, you're, you were Very talking about the daily tests because they were testing the explosive methods and like the, tr- the firing, you know, like different trigger mechanisms and things like yeah. that. Yeah, well, you had to. You, yeah, I mean, you had to, but, <laughs> but it wasn't, they weren't lighting off a nuclear or an atomic bomb every day like it was all hypothetical obviously until it wasn't it was all the firing systems essentially yeah but they didn't know for sure that it would all work together it's just so insane to me that they had to literally create something that 
would squeeze what is it, the plutonium that was in the center plutonium yeah and just like hope and pray that everything compressed at the exact same time with yeah. like the plutonium and uranium yeah like that to me is the crazy part about this like firing one thing into another sure you're gonna hit it it's gonna come close it's like yeah. you just put them in two different tubes but like you're talking about compression like we are yeah. talking about like you over an exercise ball like trying to squeeze it all at the same time into with nothing. the exact same pressure yeah into nothing into nothing like yeah. what because it can't because that's the thing is like if if every side of it is not equally compressed at the exact same time well then it'll it'll push out one direction and not get compressed to the point of detonation to start to start the reaction yeah it would just like leak out one one direction and not work and like here's the thing and this is what makes it such like a complex conversation and topic is like normally when we're talking about things like this in regards to scientific breakthroughs like you talking about all of that and like the different you know they had to know they had to do this thing and it's so complex like i feel like we talk about that a lot with like space stuff and you know i love yeah. space and i'm like i get on board and i'm like oh it's so <laughs> you know amazing and so like just whatever inspiring yeah and for me like this is so uh, such a complex conversation because it's like they did all of that and the end result was this a bomb yeah the 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 two of them killed hundreds of thousands of people yeah and now it's something that has changed the world forever and like you don't know how to feel about it you know when we're talking about like the developments and this amazing yeah. you know they had to figure out how to do like i just don't know how to feel about it. and that was the whole thing about the movie i mean the entire time i was like i don't know how i'm how am i supposed to feel about him as a person and like because mm -hmm. that was one of my friends that was one of their complaints is they were like I didn't know who to root for in the movie. Like, I didn't know, you know, who's the protagonist? Who's the good guy? And yeah, and I it, and think it's, it's like, of, you're both. Yeah, and I think, and to me, I was like, well, that's not, I don't think that, they were saying it kind of like it was like a flaw in the movie, and I was like, well, no, like, that's just who, that's how it was. Like, that's just yeah. the real life situation of, here's this guy who was so passionate about exploring quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And got to do it in this project that was like the biggest project of someone in that field. So unreal. But unfortunately, like it had this outcome that maybe might not be the best thing. Um, yeah. And and so like to me, that's just a very like realistic view on it. But yeah, I mean, it's just hard to know like how to feel about any of it. This reminds me of that conversation that we had where we're like, where does the line go for like when science becomes being used for bad versus good? Right. Right. Like where where's the line? Um, and I think that's like such a good conversation and like point yeah. of view because it's like, was this used for good? Kinda, but was it used for bad? Yeah. Yeah. But someone had to do it because people were researching it and curious and looking it up. People were going to do so it. And so someone someone had to be the person to do it. Yeah. And like, I, and listen, I don't think we should get into, I mean, there's the whole thing of, you know, like these were the bombs that ended the war and that's a complex topic yeah. of like, maybe the war was already over or something, but then we were going to lose however many hundreds of thousands of soldiers that could have invaded, you know, like 
I don't know. There's so many different layers to the situation. Yeah, that there are. Regardless, like however you feel about the use of them or, you know, like the development of them and, and what that means. Like, I think the loss, the the effect it had on the innocent lives of the Japanese citizens that were in. Absolutely. Two, like, that's horrific. I think that's mm-hmm. like, no matter what, that that that's like agreed upon. That's like gut wrenching. Yeah, like that was that's just awful. To 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 wrap it up or to to, to go back to the beginning of this conversation, <laughs> I think the movie did a good job of uh, of 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 showing it, of explaining yeah. who the man was that did this. I think mm-hmm. that's what it that's what it did a good job of of highlighting who Oppenheimer was. Definitely worth you guys looking it up and reading yeah. more in depth into it. Oh, absolutely. And who he was as a person, because science yeah. goes nowhere without people. Like you, yes. there has yeah. to be someone behind the science. So yeah. I think it's always important to learn from the scientists yeah. and what they went through and what they learned and how they learned it. I think just that, like, go. It's it's important to look at how we got to to something. It's not always linear. Well, and and I feel like people often always just look at the result of like we had a bomb or we landed on the moon. And it's like, but mm-hmm. how did we get there? Who are, you know, yeah. who are those people that got us there and how did they do that? Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I think that is the interesting conversation and like the important context to have on the conversation yes. or on the con- situation. Uh if you're again I will say once more, um, if you are of age, I highly recommend going and seeing Oppenheimer. If you can, go see it in IMAX um, because it's worth it. All right, Science Pals. Well, leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you thought about uh, or what you think about us doing like once a month, like a a science movie kind of chit chat. I think it could be kind of fun, but let us know. Yeah, it needs a good name. We need a we need like a we need a catchy name. We do. If you can come up with a catchy name, drop it in an email to random3pod at gmail.com. Yep. We would love to hear your catchy name for what we can call this. Or if you liked it. Let us know if you if yeah. you hated it or if you're on board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this was fun. I had a blast doing this, just talking about science. And this is what we've always wanted to do, though. Talk about science yeah. in a really fun, like, casual, cultural yeah. setting, if you will. Yeah. Like, a science cultural pop culture moment so it was yeah it's science it's science in the world around us i cannot open the internet without seeing something about oppenheimer and barbie or barbie barbie (laughs) obviously barbenheimer all right science pals we'll be back with another podcast next week bye everyone bye